Alright Cougar fans, I am here with the one they call the Coogie Monster, Ryan Teichler. Selection show just ended, we know where the Cougars are headed, and we know who they are playing. How are you feeling as of right now? What is up, Tommy? How am I feeling? The emotions are all over the place. I'm excited. I just got done watching the San Diego State-Utah State game, so I'm a little bit nervous, but overall, what a day. What a day to be a Cougar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is what you work toward. Uh, you saw the emotion from the team and the fans. I thought there was a great turnout for that event, the the watch party at TD Arena. You and I watched from up here in the DMV area. Yeah, let's break down who the Cougars are going to play and what's happening here. We didn't have to wait long into the selection show, and I love that CBS got right into it. They did no kind of dilly-dallying. And the first 12 seed to be revealed in the South bracket, a bracket where Alabama is the number one overall seed, is going to be the College of Charleston versus San Diego State, the five seed. I tweeted this out at the time. First thing I think of is don't love the mid-major on mid-major crime here. Like the committee is like, uh, we've got too many mid-majors in here as is. Let's just pit them against each other and they can cannibalize one another. And then we're stuck with all the power fives and, and their huge fan bases. Don't love that, but San Diego State is going to be a really intriguing matchup. Um, I was actually just in Greensboro this past weekend uh, checking out the National Sweater Vest Convention. <laughs> or, sorry, I mean, that is called the ACC Tournament. The ACC Men's Basketball Tournament is what they're calling it now. But I saw Duke, Miami, UVA, and Clemson all up close. And those Power 5 teams, especially like the Miamis, the UVAs, and the Dukes, they can be a buzzsaw. And they've got you know, size at every position. They've got NBA caliber lottery draft picks. San Diego State uh, is just an, another elite mid-major. So if you follow any of the mid-major polls throughout the year, the San Diego State Aztecs um, were up in like the top three, top five, almost all of the year. They've been a top 25 team in the AP poll. I think they still are as of this moment. They won the Mountain West regular season and the tournament. And here's, you know, I'm just digging into the research now, and we'll, we'll talk more about this. Their strengths, they are a defensive-oriented team. They are an older team, much like the Cougars. It's a lot of juniors, seniors, upperclassmen on the roster. Um, they are great at limiting three-point attempts, uh, holding opponents to just 29.2% shooting, which is seventh nationally. So obviously, the Cougars love to shoot threes. They're not a great three-point shooting team, but they kill you with their volume. Whoever wins that, I think, is really going to determine this game. Uh, San Diego State, again, defensive-oriented. They play a slow tempo, 252nd nationally. We know the Cougars like to get up and down. And San Diego State's deep. They go, you know, also eight or nine players deep. They have uh, their leading score averages just 13 points per game. They have eight guys averaging at least six points per game. Reminds me a lot of Charleston. So Charleston's strengths may be negated a little bit, um, but San Diego State's offense just seems okay you know they've got a lot of different options but you know in terms of some of the advanced metrics it's just they're they're obviously solid um but yeah right off the bat i just i i, I like the matchup um you know especially if charleston can get past the san diego state team um i love the fact that charleston gets to play in their backyard in orlando and san diego state has to fly all the way across the country i think it's ironic that the last time Charleston played March Madness was at San Diego State's arena, Viejas Arena in San Diego, where the Aztecs play. So just, yeah, a lot of a lot of things swirling in my head right now, but what about you? 
Yes, I looked at some of their advanced metrics too. Very interesting. It's it's almost like that Spider-Man meme of two Spider-Mans looking at each other. If you look at the win share, um, they have nine players that have a win share over 1.8. We have nine players with a win share over 1.8. There's not many schools in the country can say that. Um, just kind of looking at their resume, they're 27 and 6. Their losses are to Arizona, Arkansas, St. Mary's, New Mexico, Nevada, and Boise State. There is, however, a common opponent, which is Colorado State. They played them twice. When they played them on the road at Colorado State, that game went into overtime. Uh, and we handled Colorado State fairly easily on our home court. Um, they held serve on their home court, and I think they blew them out by by 20 or so. But that's the, the the common opponent. But looking at their splits, and this is where it gets a bit interesting, and this is where I get a little excited. One is they're coming to the East Coast, and if I was them, I'd get on a plane as soon as possible to get these kids acclimated to East Coast times because do we know the, the tip-off yet of that game? As of this recording, we do not. It's as early as possible, right? Um, but if you look at their their road record was whatever and one, I think 14 or 15 and, and one on the road, they're 12 and five um, neutral courts. They're four and three. And uh, fortunately for the NCAA tournament, um, it's all neutral court games. And I think being down in Orlando, the land of Joe Cheely and Grant Riller, yeah. I'm hoping they passed out a lot of Cougar swag over the years, and we have a, a decent crowd there. I think so. I mean, you and I are both on the CFC Fans Discord channel. It seems like people are already snatching up flights. Uh, people are already snatching up tickets. I do think it's going to be a really solid – I mean, that's a – you can drive that. I know we are all rooting for Greensboro, but this is definitely not a – Duke playing in their backyard in Greensboro where it's going to be 95% Duke fans like San Diego State. They travel well. They have a great fan base going back to the, you know, Kawhi Leonard days. Um, so they'll travel. It's a long trip for them. But Charleston had a lot of fans in San Diego in 2018. So I'd expect a similar turnout here. Also, it's the same, I believe, right? The same region as Furman and UVA, you know, so South Carolina is going to be well represented down there uh probably going to see a lot of Furman fans there and if it is the same session i would hope that Furman fans are rooting for the cougars yeah i watched um the san diego state versus utah state game a second ago um give a little bit of a scouting report of these guys at a high level um they're big that's my worry um going into it uh, I'll, I'll give you kind of the the, the pluses and minuses one, they have two guys that can play. One six ten, they're big. He's number thirty one. I'm blanking on his last name. I have a note somewhere, um, but he's a big, big boy. He's a fifth year senior, six uh, ten, good size. And they have a forward who can really score, named Ladie, who's six yeah, nine and long and, and athletic. Um, those are the two guys. That, as I'm watching this Utah State game. I'm saying, man, you know, these are going to be tough matchups for for the Cougars. Um, I think Chuck's going to have to play. The, the down low post defense is going to be key in this game. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, we know how Charleston struggled with big forwards, right? You know, they tend to to eat up guys like Berzovich and or Ben Burnham or Bolin gets switched on to them. 
But I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think the Charleston defense is still underrated. I said this on the last podcast, the two games, the semifinals and the finals in the CAA tournament, probably some of the best defense we've seen all season from the Cougars. So it seems like they're clicking at the right time there. And we also saw them win games without shooting well from three, which I think is encouraging because San Diego State is going to try to take that away. I think that if you're San Diego State, you probably haven't seen a team that shoots three-pointers like this. I mean, not just the volume, but, you know, off offensive rebounding tip outs in transition. It's not, you know, a lot of like off the driving kick or, uh, you know, spot up three-point shooting. It is it comes at you in a lot of different ways that are maybe unconventional. So, you know, even if they are a pretty solid three-point shooting team, the volume and the nature of how those threes are created might give San Diego State a problem. And we've seen, I mean, we've said it all year, when Charleston's hitting shots, they look like they they can beat anybody. And I'm at least encouraged by the fact that we're kind of due for a good shooting day. I said that all tournament long. It never happened. And fortunately, Charleston went 3-0. But, you know, you just have a feeling that Given the stage, given the location and the proximity to Charleston, you know, maybe some magic could happen and they get hot and uh, they can get past the first round. I'll uh, be completely different. Um, they play a man-to-man defense. They they have ball pressure. But a lot of times when I watch this Shaw State game, I, I just got done watching it. Um, off the ball, they're a little bit soft and their rotations aren't very good. So I think the shot is going to be open if the ball moves. It's not going to be the first pass. It's going to be that second pass. And like you said, we've seen this team. We watch them night in and night out. When the ball is moving and the shots are falling, they are tough to beat. And if that happens, we win this game. Um, they We are going to get open shots. Um, they like to play the ball inside using their, their length and their size. Um, and potentially we could be in a position where we're, we're trading threes for twos and, uh, we'll take that all, all day. Yeah. Well, that's what they've done against the other elite bigs that they've played is like, Hey, Jake Stevens is going to get his or Baycott's going to get his, but you know, up and down our roster and up and down our bench, we'll, we'll make things happen. I love the fact that both these teams are deep and older. That is something you get in the mid-major versus mid-major matchup. You know, as wobbly as a team with a bunch of lottery picks like a Duke might be, um, we should see high-level basketball for a full 40 minutes here just because these teams have talent up and down the roster and they're going to they're gonna play everybody and everybody knows what they're doing. What is your take on the rest of the bracket or at least the portion where Charleston's featured? So the next matchup, um, we're on the bracket line of UVA and Furman. And I don't know if you watched that UVA-Duke game last night, but UVA mm-hmm. put offensive college basketball back to the Stone Age. Um, they were awful. They were stuck on 11 points for what seemed like seven minutes. Um, they finished the half with 17 total points. When that, um, you, when their offense isn't flowing, when that operation isn't clicking, it's bad. Um, so I think that's a pretty good break for us. Should we get past the Aztecs? If you're Seth Davis, and I already tweeted this out, Seth Davis was calling Charleston to the sweet 16 as the bracket (laughs) was being revealed, which puts me in an awkward position because I have called Seth Davis out most of the season because he wouldn't put Charleston in the AP poll, despite, you know, being in the minority of the AP voters there. 
And then he comes out and is like gushing over Charleston and the matchup and how far they can go. And it's like, oh, great. Either he's the idiot I said he was and he's probably going to be wrong or, you know, whatever. I, Seth, I don't I don't know if I appreciated what Seth Davis said or or not. But yeah, I mean, he also called Furman over UVA, which is quite juicy. Uh, I, I, I'm with you on UVA being, you know, struggling offensively. But they are so well coached and they are so good on defense. I think we are closer to maybe that UMBC team that upset them as the 16 over one than Furman is. But I think people probably see a little bit of that in Furman. And Furman is also like San Diego State and like Charleston, very old, very experienced, uh, solid mid-major. And if things break the way Seth Davis thinks they would break, then you have Charleston versus Furman in the second round, which... Sign me up for that every day. I mean, this Furman team is almost exactly the same as last year. And Charleston should have won that game at Furman uh, in overtime. And things worked out quite tragically. Uh, but I would love that matchup. And I'd take a crack at UVA, you know. I, to, to your point, I think they are vulnerable uh, in that position. Yeah, I don't see Furman beating UVA. Uh, like you said, Bennett's a hell of a coach. Their defensive principles are so good. They play that pack line defense um really bother people when the ball gets down low the way you beat the pack line though is long passes and then another pass um which i think like that really sets up well for us it's kind of the same thing that i'm seeing defensively against san diego state i don't think it'll be the first pass i think it'll be the second pass but if we can get our offense rolling and uva struggles yeah i mean we can win that game it, this is how mid-majors um, win in the tournament, the, the Cinderella teams. If you look at our advanced stats, we have exactly the formula to pull some upsets. We're old. Let, let's yeah. just say experienced. Our offensive efficiency is top 20. Our defensive efficiency is top 20. You put those three things together, and that tends to um, be the formula uh, for upsets here. So the other question coming into the bracket reveal was – the exact seed Charleston was going to be. We talked about it last week. I was hoping for the 11. I thought I agreed with Matt Norlander from CBS that Charleston winning their conference tournament maybe bumps them from the 12 to the 11. It does not work out that way. Um, but just looking at where else Charleston could have landed had they, let's let's start with had they been an 11 seed and they were playing the six seeds, which would have been Creighton, Iowa State, TCU, or Kentucky. Do you like any of those more than San Diego State? I, I hate Kentucky. Uh, I would not want to play Oscar Toshibwe. Uh, anyone else? Yeah, I, I do. Now let's see the other five seeds that Charleston could have been matched up with. So aside from San Diego State, it would be Miami, St. Mary's, or Duke. you like any of those better than San Diego State? No, I'd take San Diego State over any of those. Uh, Miami's athletic, well-coached, Larinaga. Duke just won the ACC championship. They got it rolling. Duke hasn't been healthy all year. They they really had their full roster for only about five or six games. Well, they're healthy again, and they just won the ACC. Uh, I would not want to play them. And then, did you say St. Mary's was the other one? Yep. Yeah, I haven't seen them play, but um, yeah, I think they're, they're like top thirteen in the net. They're they're kind of a um, statistical darling in that sense. So. Wouldn't want to play them either. I'm with you. I wouldn't want to take Duke. Uh, I'm honestly surprised Duke 
is a fifth seed after winning the ACC. I thought they'd get bumped up to a four, possibly even a three. Yeah, they, they're healthy now, and they are a matchup problem for CFC. I would probably take Miami over San Diego State. Uh, again, I was in Greensboro when they played, and one of their starters went down two minutes into the semifinal game. And so, you know, never wish injury on anybody, but they do seem shorthanded and, uh, you know, a, not quite the team they were for most of the ACC season. So I'd maybe take Miami. San Diego State, you know, worries me because of their ages and experience uh, and the fact that they want to grind the game out. They kind of remind me of UNCW and Towson, right? Like slow the game down, make it into a half court contest. That's you know, the recipe to beat Charleston is just on Charleston to push the tempo, play at their own pace, get the shots they want and get them at a volume where, you know, it's that they're able to bury the Aztecs that way uh, and play the defense they've been playing the last couple of weeks. Here's what I um, I'll give you the kind of the good and the bad. Get get the bad out first. Um, they're one of the best defensive rebounding teams and offensive defense the offensive rebounding teams in the country, they rebound 30% of their offensive misses. They're big inside, they're physical. So we have to be really, you know, disciplined on our game, boxing out and making sure our positioning is right. But the, the positive here is they have never seen anyone like Charleston play our pace. And their big number 31 is a big, big, big dude, but he doesn't run the floor very well and i would really push the pace against them and try to wear out these bigs and soften up that defense solid scouting report um just to interrupt this for one second we just got the time for the start it's going to be a 3 10 p.m eastern time start thursday on true tv kevin harlan dan bonner and stan van gundy on the call so sweet book your flights get your tickets yep that's good for us yeah i would not like to be the team flying cross country from Pacific Ocean to Atlantic Ocean and uh, having to play a relatively early game. Yeah, I mean, the earlier the better. I wonder if there's, I don't even know if there's a noon tip there. It'd be kind of unfair to give San Diego State a noon tip. So three is probably about as good as we could have hoped for. Yeah, I was hoping for the, the primetime matchup, maybe hoping that Charleston being the the kind of mid-major darlings of the media all season long would, would get them a primetime game. Uh, or if you're trying to appeal to the San Diego fan base out on the West Coast, maybe you start later. Um, but not the case here. Three ten start better than a noon, a noon game. Not quite prime time. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is the first time. I'm just saying uh, the first Holy City Hoops uh, bracketology podcast you ever had. I, I think this it's true. This idea was a twinkle in your eye the last time the Cougs made the tournament. So it's just fun to be able to talk uh, March Madness uh, with the Cougars being in it, huh? It is. I started this podcast in the wake of the 2018 CAA Championship slash March Madness team. was hoping we'd get back uh, sooner into the history of this podcast. It took five years, but we, we finally got back. And we're here. <laughs> here we are. Uh, anything else we should be looking at with this Aztec team? Or anything we're overlooking in the uh, the storylines here from the bracket reveal? No, I kind of at a, a macro level, this is a good year to get into the tournament. And it's a good year to be on that 11 or 12 line. Because I don't think anyone in that kind of meaty, 
20, 25, 18 ranked teams nationally really, really scare me. I mean, we can beat this team, Tommy. Um, they're good, no doubt about it, but we are too. Um, it's going to be a great game. If I had to bet, I wonder what the line's going to come out uh, to be, but I think this is going to be really close, and it would not shock me at all if we pull the upset. We sound like Seth Davis. I think Clark Kellogg call, called it well, as well. he hated us all year. Screw Seth Davis. <laughs> he was a hater yeah, all year. Yeah. Don't don't jump on the bandwagon now, Seth. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, this was the year of parody in college basketball. Not not a lot of dominant teams, uh, which is going to make for a great March Madness, all things considered. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to 2018. I liked our draw. I liked the Bruce Pearl draw in 2018 because at that time, Auburn was just starting to get things going with Bruce Pearl. We had beaten Bruce Pearl um, when he was at Tennessee and w- during the Kremens years. So I love that matchup. I think I like this one about as much as that one. You know, San Diego State, I, I wanted to see Charleston versus another Power 5 team because we only got it twice in the regular season. But San Diego State, like really solid, older experience mid-major versus really solid experience mid-major should be a good contest. Totally. Um, yeah, it, we win the Auburn game if Chile doesn't sprain his ankle a, a couple of days earlier. Um, it was a good matchup for us. But I think this is too. Um, you know, that that Auburn team had an NBA player on it. I don't think San Diego State does. Ladee is a good player. He'll, he'll play some pro ball. Um, but we got a real good chance here, man. That's, People love a 12 over a 5. Yep. You know, going back to 2018 when we were a 13, I was hoping we'd get into the 12 because that is always a popular upset pick. It happens, I think they showed it on the selection show, like what, like 38% of the time there's an upset there. So I think Charleston is going to be a popular pick. I think people who are filling out the brackets are just going to see the number of wins that Charleston has and feel good about that. The only other thing I have here is, you know, other teams of interest getting in or not getting in. Uh, Kent State, I think, ended up a 13 seed. A lot of people like Kent State, think they can do good things uh, or can do big things in the tournament. That was a great game at TD Arena when Kent State and the Cougars played. North Carolina left out, which is still crazy to think about. Uh, Number one preseason team, not headed to March Madness. Uh, And then the other one for me, Clemson. Clemson, I think, was in the top four, left out as well. In-state school, I think you can... uh, I know Furman got in, but I think you can say College of Charleston, best team in South Carolina. Yeah, we were texting earlier, and if Pitt and Clemson got in, I was going to blow my top. So thankfully, the committee only found a way to put the 57th ranked Pitt team in, um, and they would have screwed over CFC, who's ranked higher than that. But um, yeah, at least Clemson didn't uh, get the, the favorable nod from the committee, too. Yep, Clemson had work to do in the ACC tournament, and they got blown out by UVA. So, yep. yeah, sorry, Clemson. Losses to the Loyola, Chicago, and South Carolina, and Louisville. Can't put you in. Can't put you in. Nope, you can't lose to Louisville and South Carolina to be in the tournament. I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. NC State, our old pal Kevin Keats, uh, he gets the the nod probably over Clemson. You know, it's kind of how I saw it, even though Clemson beat them in the in the regular season and in the tournament. Well, I think, Ryan, we have to go buy some tickets. We have to go book some flights. Uh, But it is just, like you said, exciting to see the Cougars back dancing again. 
love to see again the team so excited to see the the bracket reveal and now we just have a couple days to prepare and we're going to see the cougars on the biggest stage yeah totally go cougs and i hope the next time your podcast comes out you're talking to someone about a sweet 16 team i would not hate that not one bit yeah that would be exciting exciting stuff if charleston does get past san diego state i love playing a uva or a Furman on a quick turnaround i think we're so hard to play on a quick turnaround and we're very used to it from the uh, caa schedule that could be juicy but let's focus on the game ahead san diego state aztecs that will be the matchup thursday in orlando ryan thanks for rolling through bud thanks for having me on tommy go cougs go cougs